Good morning, everybody. If you have a Bible handy, um, you can maybe want to open it to Corinthians 2, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. And uh, I'm going to be reading it from there in a moment. But uh, it's great to see everybody. Every week, God brings us new and wonderful guests. And today, we have a wonderful friend and guest in from Belfast, an electrician called Gordon, sitting right here in the front. Let's give it up for Gordon. Give him a big, huge welcome. It's great. It's great. Just to hear the accent is, is great. So welcome, Gordon. Good to see you, mate. Uh, I want to speak today about a subject and, and about a topic. And, and I think if I can think back on the thousands of topics that have impacted my life from the Bible, I can't think of one more impacting than the one I'm about to share. I want to speak about aroma. Aroma. We were driving home from the fireworks last night, and all of a sudden, in Viewfield Terrace, Elma went, what is that? And, you know, you do your normal reaction thing. I wasn't it me. <laughs> you know, so steady on, darling. But it was like we just drove over a broken sewer. And um, you contrast that with um, Thursday night, I think it was, when we... Uh, when I arrived at Michael Strachan's house, and there's nothing, there's no comparison between an open sewer, by the way, and your house, Michael, all right? Just settle down. But it was great. You know, I'd heard about this house, unusual house, and Michael greeted me at the door. It was wonderful. And instantly, I got this aroma of his aftershave. And I thought, oh, that's good. It has to be boss or someone like it. Was it boss? No, all right, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know what to get me for my Christmas, right? So it was just wonderful, and then we went up the stairs, and within a few minutes, I went to the bathroom. I don't know what candle was lighting in that bathroom, but the fragrance, and I stayed in an extra minute or two, as you do when you're a man at this age, and the aroma, it was just like, I've got, what, you've got to get, that's the second thing you have to text me, the name of that candle. It was just wonderful. But then it got whacked when the curries arrived. And the house was filled with that fragrance that's international, but it crosses all culture. The wonderful aroma of curry. And uh, the scripture you know, if you look at the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, you could see Jesus, a sign, a symbol of Jesus, and the aroma of Christ through the whole of the Bible. But I'm praying, Holy Spirit, that this would be a life-changing message, not just for me, but for each one of us. Because, well, let me read the scripture to you. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 40. And I pray, even as I read it, the Spirit of God speaks to you and encourages you. But thanks be to God who always leads us in, as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved. 
and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma that brings death. To the other, we are the aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? This passage begs a number of questions. One of them is, what's coming off you? What's coming off you? The aroma of life or the other one? Because Christ came for a single reason that our aroma would go one day and be replaced by his aroma. And the great thing is, it never fails if you surrender to, because he promised to always lead us in triumphal procession. And it's a great question. It's a great question when you meet somebody, whether they're a sinner. This has changed everything for me. You know, because what's coming off you is the most important thing in a Christian's life. Not what you believe, not what you stand for, not what you say, not what you do. The number one important thing is, what is the aroma that's coming off you? It's good, isn't it? I'll remember when my beautiful bride walked down the aisle 40 years ago and... Um, you know, the beauty in the eye was wonderful, marvelous, absolute, stunning. But the thing that stands out for me was the fragrance. I could still smell it as I stand here. The problem is, both of us are such old codgers, we can't even mind the name of the stuff. And you know, you always like to relive moments, but we can't because we can't remember. But she has a new one, which is marvelous. Aroma is wonderful. And, you know, you contrast that with my first ever night at the Kelty dancing. For those of you that are internationals, Kelty is the center of the heaven and the earth. It's just one of these wonderful places where you just might meet a bra lassie. And she was fair bra and fair bra hair and, until we had that first wee dance. And, oh, my word, I, this aroma came over me. It wasn't you, darling, no. No, 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 no. It was another bird. Anyway, I repent, Jesus. But, but you know, the thing that hit me was, as soon as, you know, everything was great until I took her in my arms. And the stink of perzo that came over me. And I thought, either she steeped her clays in perzo all night, or she's washed her hair with it. And as she came closer, I thought, it doesn't matter how broad she is, the aroma has killed it. I'm not interested from this moment on. I'll never forget it. I can smell the perzo as I'm standing here. And it's just marvelous, you know, to help us with our illustrations. But God is at work in our lives. And he is redesigning our future. He is reframing our game. He is transforming us from the inside out with this amazing love so that what comes out of us is the aroma of Christ and the aroma of what used to be there before is no longer coming from us. And so today, we're about to see, and this is a confusion for many believers, 
We're about to see why the road has been so hard for you. I meet Christians and they go, the day I came to Jesus, heaven came down and it was just wonderful for three solid years. And then, bang, I hit the fan. It all changed. I meet other people who come to Jesus and they go, do you know, I was doing not too bad. I knew I needed Jesus and I got Jesus in my life. But for the minute I gave my life to Jesus, it was like, bang, I got hit with a blow and I've been struggling ever since, really struggling. Well, I want to help us make sense today so that you see your struggles and your hammer blows in a completely different way to you've ever seen them before. And you begin to see the hand of God is in control of everything and he's forming everything and he's shaping everything and he's using everything negative and possible to Bring us to the place where you and I are a brand new creation with the aroma of Christ flowing from each one of us. Turn to the person next to you and say, you smell good. <laughs> Even if you have to lie, just do it, all right? I'm just gonna <laughs> so often, we can miss what God's up to. He loves us so much. He wants to transform us so much. In fact, he loves us so much uh, the way we are. He doesn't want to leave us the way we are. He wants to transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. So often we can miss what God's up to when the hard stuff shows up. And we end up with our own conclusions when the hard stuff shows up. We could blame ourselves. Maybe we didn't have enough faith. Maybe we are weak emotionally. Maybe we've got too many unforgiveness things in our life. Or we can blame other people for the weaknesses in the way that we blame ourselves. Usually, we have earthly glasses on, and I pray God will replace those glasses today with eyes that can see from heaven's perspective. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to remove our earthly glasses once more today and give us his glasses. Do you know there are many wonderful images in the Bible and in life that reaffirm this message of how the love of God redesigns us and brings out beauty from the ashes. I got a little simple clip, three minute clip. I want to just show you of just one of the images. Actually, it's one that Elma brought to mind, one I've mentioned. Robert, if you could set that clip up for us. I want to just sit back, guys. Listen, some of you even had tough stuff in your car on the way here. I know by the look on your faces. You didn't have a party in your car this morning. She said done, he said done. And some of you had the tough stuff this week. How do I know that? Because some of you got it on your, fa- on your clocks and your faces. And that's fine, because it's on my clock a lot. Sit back and enjoy this simple, beautiful little clip about the creation of God. Thank you.
beautiful image of what God is doing in your life and mine right now. John 12, 24 puts it a different way. It says, unless the seed goes into the ground and dies, it stays alone. But if it goes into the ground and dies, it bears tremendous fruit. You saw here the beautiful life in the caterpillar, but it had a shell around it that had to be broken. When the Spirit of God comes into your life, it's like you are the alabaster jar. It's like the alabaster jar that was broken. The Bible says the, bar, the jar was full of pure, expensive perfume, aroma, but is contained in this alabaster jar. She was given a hard time when she juked that jar and she smashed it and let the fragrance come out. And Jesus, when the Spirit of God comes into your life, He comes into your spirit. But it's, your spirit is contained in a soul. And so many Christians don't understand the tough times in life, the deep dealings of God, the hammer blows are all from the loving hand of Jesus designed to break that outer shell so that we don't live as soulish people. You know, you can receive the Spirit of God and yet continue in the same old soulish way. And God, in his love, begins to work on us. I used this illustration at my uh, life group on uh, Michael and I played a little trick. Michael was an amazing actor, by the way. And uh, we, we did a thing where we were pretending um, to take one of Michael and Hannah's prize ornaments. It looked, looked like a jar. And we put it in a bag, and I was, I was explaining how this works with a hammer. Of course, the hammer went too hard and smashed it. And uh, no one else in the room knew that Michael and I were in on this, and I had bought two cheap vases before I got there. And just happened to place one in another part of the room, and I had one here, and I smashed this one. Of course, everybody goes like this. Ah, Michael, 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 you don't have a like a, a glass milk bottle or something, just something less expensive because I've got to finish this illustration. And so Michael says, I have another one exactly the same. What do you? And he brings it to me with a plastic milk bottle. At this point, Aaron grabs it off me. He says, no, Dad, I'm not trusting you with another one. No way, Dad, no way. I'm putting it on the shelf. You can use the plastic one. He nearly ruined my illustration. I says, Aaron, you can't make any noise hitting a plastic bottle. I'm telling you, I won't smash this one. I know what I'm doing now. A little bit insensitive last time, but now I'm sensitive. So I put the second one in the bag, and I'm saying, this is how God works. These hammer blows of the Lord, he works on you until that shell breaks open. Well, at this point, the second one smashes. 
To which Michael threw his head back on the couch and said, Jimmy. And I'm like, what will Hannah say? Were they really expensive? We had some fun, Michael, eh? But if he wasn't such a great actor, we could never pull that off. Get him on BBC, Seth, quickly. But it's an illustration that we have in the Bible, and there are numerous ones, where God loves us so much, and we contain the Spirit of God. But until you go through brokenness, when you meet somebody, what's coming off you is your soul and not the Spirit of God. When I was a young, young boy, my mum used to come home and tell me about these amazing men and women of God at church. She said, oh, Jimmy, I met this man. Oh, he's deep. Oh, he's deep. He's deep. He knows his, he knows his Bible. He is deep. And so I met him the next week. He was that deep. He was grave. <laughs> because, you know, you could have it all up here. But what was coming off him, for me as a wee boy, was not warmth. What was coming off him was dryness and stiffness and correctness and every otherness. But I didn't pick up any, nice to see you, son. You want a game of football? I just wanted just one ounce of life. And, and so you can meet people. And so I'm not impressed when somebody says, oh, they're deep. I think, well, so is a shark. I'm not impressed with that. I'm impressed if the aroma of Christ is coming from someone. And so God is going to take us on a little journey this morning. And what if you saw every single one of the tough moments, the tough times, the tough things they said and the tough things they did? No longer from the hand of a human being, but the hand of God was behind it to shape you and bring down his deep dealings and his hammer blows to break that outer shell so that when somebody meets you, what's coming off you is the aroma of Jesus Christ. Where is young James Arthur? James, quickly come to the platform. wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do this. Quickly, quickly, come on, James. You're young. You can move faster than that, man. Uh, we have, uh, I know we have Leah Thompson won a gold medal this week and celebrated her birthday. And Zara, it was kind of you to come and lead us this morning on your very wedding anniversary. You know, I know Stephen's brought you here because it's cheaper to come here than it is to... Uh, five-star hotel, but, you know, congratulations, guys. But this young man, James, it's his birthday today. Now, we don't normally do the birthday thing, but, but let me tell you something. James comes from the Hebrew word Jacob. And in the Bible, Jacob started off, he was a punk. He was a grabber. But God worked brokenness into Jacob's life. And at the end of Jacob's life is this beautiful, beautiful prayer and beautiful heart and beautiful fragrance coming from the life of Jacob at the end of his life. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But this young man celebrating his birthday today, and the freaky thing is, this young man went through a hammer blow about a couple of years ago 
when his Christian dad walked out on the family, walked out on him and abandoned him. And so the challenge is, how will a young man at 14 years of age respond to the hammer blows, the hammer blows of life? But I want to tell you now, when any, my wife and I talk about this, any time we've met this young man, what has come off this young man? I'm telling you now, through this brokenness, even though he's 16 years of age today, so ladies, cue up, he's gorgeous. But, but seriously, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I do. But, but seriously, you know, Every, you know, if you want to meet a young man or look for a young man, this is one of the first young men I look for when I come to this church because what has come from the brokenness in this young man, every time you meet him, he has a warm smile for you. Every time you meet him, he's pretty much got a compliment for you. Anything you say or do, he's the first to come up and encourage Elma and I. So I want to give it up for a living demonstration of the very thing I'm preaching in a young man, in a young man, in a young man. And I want to dedicate this message to you, son. I hope it's been recorded uh, because I want you to get this and see when the tough moments come, as they do. When the tough days come, I want you to dig out that message because this message is not my message. It's God's, and, I, and other people have written about it better than I can speak it, but it's a message I have fed on for 35, 40 years. Anytime I feel sorry for myself, anybody, anytime I think somebody's a plonker, God, I, get, I dig it out and God says, no, you're the plonker, Jimmy, because you don't see my hand and the love, and you don't see, all I'm doing is breaking that shell off, so more of the beautiful riches of Jesus Christ can shine you. Give it up for young James. God bless you, son. Give it up. The soul is the seed of our emotions. And when God, people think when they come to Jesus, it's finished. Well, it's finished on the cross. But how many people know that when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it's only the beginning. And for the Holy Spirit to flow through you like a river and to live in the presence of God at all time, he's got to break that shell. People are scared of brokenness, but brokenness is one of the most beautiful, beautiful, painful, but it's the beautiful working of God because he wants to free us from all that soulish stuff that's coming off us. Let's start with the unbroken, clever person. The unbroken, clever person will try and impress you with their intelligence and with their theology. But guess what? No one, and many of them have come to me and said, no, no, listen to them. And it's true. They've said that to me in the last year. People have come and said, you know, I study. I, I, I know the Bible back to front, but no one will listen to me. But let me tell you, so needy souls are not impressed by soulless intelligence. Anyone can be intelligent. They're impressed with the fragrance of Christ. Did you take any interest in that person? Did you, did you express any love, forgiveness, tenderness? No, you just blitz them with your intelligence. Intelligence doesn't win souls. The spirit of the living God is the only one that wins souls. Let's give it up for the spirit of living God. Come on. What about the charitable person that comes to Jesus? The charitable person who is unbroken operates out of their soulish people-pleasing and they'll get around everyone. They'll just get around everyone. 
But because it's not sanctified and broken, what happens is that they impress everybody to a degree, but you can never lead somebody to Jesus with that stuff. It has to be the Spirit of the living God and not using any of the stuff we had before that's off. What about the unbroken, talkative person? You know, the problem when you're a preacher and you write stuff, it's tough because you're writing and you go, hey, that's me, that's me, that's me. And you get to the point sometimes, you're like, I'm not even going to preach it. <laughs> I'm not fit to preach it. But the unbroken, talkative person, they may work so hard to get you to get them, but you're not looking for them. You're looking for Jesus. Watchman Nee says this brilliant thing, and it kills me every time I read it. He said, an unbroken person needs to use 200 words, but the broken person only needs about four. Poof. Four? How am I going to get there? The unbroken person needs about 200 words. I, I dropped into Cafe Nero, or Nero, or however you pronounce it last night, something I, I never ever do in an evening these days. But I thought, I'll drop off text to Elma, and I says, meet me before the fireworks, and we'll have a little aroma together moment. And as we sat there in Cafe Nero, with a waft of a double espresso, um, well, actually, before Elma got there, a lady came up to me, there's a big queue, and you know, I don't know what's happened to this world where you used to get a coffee, it cost 50p, and it was made in 20 seconds. Now there's six folk behind that counter, and it still takes quarter an hour to make a coffee. So you're standing there, and I've got my tray with my pipe and hop cappuccino and my espresso, and, and, and you know, a single Christian lady appeared. In that moment, and the boy at the back tried to shove me at the road, and the, the six behind the counter are like moving on, but she just appeared on my face. She said, I've got news for you, Jimmy. Did you know that I've been doing spiritual mapping and checking out the town, and I got a history lesson on the town, and a history lesson on Freemasonry, and a history lesson on what she was doing, and I got a history lesson on what we need to do, and she said, if we can just get all the ministers together in unity, she said, we could do something great. And I'm saying, well, actually, see right now, I've got an espresso here. It's getting cold. And um, I, I've, I've, I've known ministers in this town for 40 years. And really, I can't think of two or one I've ever fell out in my life. They're great guys. I pray for them. So I'm not sure what you mean by this unit. And anyway, she says, oh, is that right? Right then, well, I've got news for you. This must have been meant for me to meet you. And um, she says, because what we can do is we can get all the intercessors together and we can do this and this and this. And I said, sweetheart, let me explain something to you. It is never, ever, ever, ever meant for me to meet a single lady in a cozy cafe. I tell you what's meant. It's meant for me to meet the wife and have a wee express and go to the fireworks. She can applaud Jesus Christ for that, guys. But her whole soulish thing was just like, impress you, deliver you. She didn't ask for a minute or stop to see if I was interested. It was just all like dump. And um, Proverbs 10, 19 says this. <laughs> I don't know if I can hardly preach it because Elma reminds me of this every day. Where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. 
But he who restrains his lips is wise. <sighs> Tough ones to arrive. Unbroken. What about self-love? What about the unbroken self-love person? Who never ever asks how you're doing, but spend their whole time telling you how they're doing. What about the unbroken, dutiful person that comes to Jesus, who runs around like Martha, doing all the duties and the good deeds, but ruins everything by brutally judging everybody because they're not doing the things that they do. And they're not as good at two-shoes as them. What about the unbroken one who can never shed a tear? I remember Elma preached a great sermon many years ago, and she had a moment, she shed a tear, and someone, I believe well-meaning, came up to her and said, Elma, you got it sussed. That works every time. Just turn on a couple of tears, that always does the business. <laughs> and she came up, I'm absolutely devastated and was confused. And I said, sweetheart, you came from an unbroken man who could not shed a tear if his budgie or his granny died. Unbroken. An unbroken person can't shed a tear. And, and the thing is, how are you going to weep for those that Jesus weeps for? If you're not broken. How are you going to weep for, you know, we're hoping to have a Syrian Sunday soon about the war and open doors and the suffering church around the world is going to be amazing. But you know, you can watch all of that. You can go through all of that and not be the slightest effective because the shell around the seed is like concrete. Just throw in a few tears, Elma. Now here comes the encouragement part. That is an encouragement part. How does God break that shell? You know that shell that you don't want and I don't want. None of us want that shell of unforgiveness, that shelf of self-love, that shell of, you know, me first, that shell. It begins when you accept one of the most awesome freeing principles in the whole Bible. All hammer blows are from the hand of the Lord. He don't let nothing get near you that, without his permission. Not even, couldn't even touch job without permission. All hammer blows. The minute the hammer blow comes, what's the thing we do? God just touches us and we squeal. I do. I squeal like a little piglet. As soon as somebody steals my parking space or somebody does this or that, we squeal like little piglets rather than going, God, you're dealing with me so that the fragrance and the spirit of Jesus Christ can begin to flow in my life. So take this as a massive encouragement. Take it that it's not that you're just weak and this and this. God loves you and me so much. He wants the spirit, the river of the spirit of God to flow through us and for his fragrance. And when somebody meets you, when somebody meets you, guess what they get? 
Imagine if they meet you, even if they scratch you, but what comes out of you is the fragrance, the gentleness, the mercy, the love, the goodness, and the blessing of God. Two ways, Watchman Nee says, is a brilliant thing. That God begins to deal with us and take that shell off so we can fly like the eagle. One. One. In some people's life, you come to Jesus and the dealings of God begins with a mighty blow. A mighty blow. A mighty blow. And we got an example in James's life. Young man, and he's just starting his walk with Jesus and he gets a mighty blow. This is how it works. And it's like an earthquake. It's like, oh man. And you think, well, Finally, I've conquered that deep dealing in God. But what we don't realize is that after every earthquake, there's after tremors. So there's a mighty blow, and then many, 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 many smaller blows after that. And every blow is designed to take that shell off and set us free to fly, full of the anointing, full of the Spirit of God. The second way it works is in some people's life, and this is just observation, it starts with a lot of little hammer blows, just a little disappointment here, a little opposition there, a little health issue here, a little finance thing there, a little, 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 and you get to that moment, you think, well, <laughs> okay, God, I can't take any more, and then Bang, before you know, the mother of all hammer blows shows up. We don't have time to show you other many examples and scriptures on this, but Jacob would be one. And I want to encourage you today, what if you saw things with a completely different mind when you leave today? That God loves you so much. He's doing a deep work and all the pains and all the sufferings and all the times you said, what's wrong with me? You're going to ask a different question. What's right with him? That he loves me so much, he's not giving up on me. Watchman Nee says this, we fret over trifles, we murmur at small losses, and we complain about insignificant things. The moment his hand touches us, even to the point of arguing with God about his goodness. But Vine Church, I want to encourage you this day to see things with his eyes. That if he's taking you through deep dealings, it's with one intention, so that the seed goes into the ground and dies. And what he's put in you, the spirit of the living God, the fragrance of Jesus Christ is what flows through you. And so when people meet you, I think I mentioned this the other week about the guy that met two very, very, very famous Christian men. I've forgotten what the names are now, but he said, I believe it was Christian men, but I need to double check this, but the point is just the same. And he was asked, how did you feel when you met these two men? He says, well, when I met one guy, 
I came away thinking, he is amazing. <laughs> when I met the other guy, I came away feeling I was amazing. That's the difference when the shell breaks. When people meet you, they meet the fragrance of Christ that causes them to feel one million dollars. I clocked a birthday card, and I'll finish with this. Beautiful birthday card in pink strings that said, Happy birthday. You're 100 today. Funny how the Spirit of God works, because I decided in that moment I'm going to buy it and send it to myself. And on it will say, you're doing amazing. You're full of health. You've allowed the hammer blows to do what they needed to do. And now you're 100, you've got a little bit of wisdom, maybe you could write a book. But I'm going to write all this prophetic stuff because of one single thing. God is so good. He loves us so much. I'm going to write down what I believe his intentions are for my life. And if I don't get there, and if I don't last till next weekend, it will make a blind bit of difference. Because I'm living like I'm going to be healthy to 100, on fire for Jesus to 100, and still, with one last breath, allowing God to use that to influence somebody with the aroma of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage every one of you, set goals for yourself. Set amazing goals. But make number one be whatever you need to do, Jesus, whatever I need to surrender, for whatever you want to break, bring it on, Jesus. Bring it on. Bring on the hammer blows. Bring on the stuff. Because I'm more fed up with the shell than you are. Bring it on until a river of the Spirit and the fragrance of Jesus Christ is flowing in my life like never before. Now you can understand why you had a tough time in the car on the way to church this morning. Now you know why you've had a tough week or a tough year. Some of you have had a tough 10, 15 years. Not because he's abandoned you, he don't care about you, or you're letting him down, because he's so madly in love with you. He wants to get you out of the shell of fears and anxieties and depressions and inhibitions, all the shell stuff that stops you and me going crazy for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is just so worth it, guys. I'm telling you, he's just so worth it. He just never stops. And whether he brings it through, the Bible talks about those who love the discipline of the Lord, whether it be through, I'll tell you now, Compliments are good, but they will do a fraction 
for you in comparison with the deep dealings, discipline, and corrections of the Lord. Amen? Who in this room believes Jesus is worth it? Come on, guys. On the cross, he broke. On the cross, he died. And when his seed went down into that tomb, the world began to drink of his forgiveness, his mercy, and his grace. The cross, you're told to pick it up every day. Not just for to be jewelry around our necks, but the cross is a symbol of the hammer blows of the living God who loves us so much. He don't leave us the way we are. Can we put our hands together and applaud the Lord Jesus Christ? Please, please, please. Can we have the band back up, guys? Can you please do me a favor and turn to the person next to you and say, my goodness, you're smelling much better now. You're smelling, you're smelling much better. George, can we finish with that last song you did about the love of Jesus? Let's stand together, turn to the person on the other side and say, you're getting there, by the way, you're getting there. You're not there yet, but you're getting there. Come on, Seth, hit these drums like you've never hit them before.